Hi, my name's Lai. Hi, my name's Freya. And we love nature. This is our show, Hidden Worlds, where we learn about the worlds that are hidden from our view. Our forests and lakes, to deep space. Animals that live in our gardens. And the world of bacteria. Are you ready to explore hidden worlds, guys? Let's dive right in. In today's show, we're learning all about the hidden worlds around us in our gardens and fields. First up, we went to meet Sandra Austin, whose job is to teach teachers about school garden. So, uh, my name is Sandra Austin. I'm a lecturer here at the Marino Institute of Education. We have a school garden or a model garden here. Um, it's looking a bit raggedy at the moment because we've had the most beautiful weather. I've been out visiting schools now over the past uh, 18 months to two years just to see how they're getting on and what kind of things they're doing with their school gardens. And I've been blown away by the enthusiasm of the teachers and the children uh, and how much they're doing. Um, our curriculum is actually quite broad and there's plenty of scope within that, particularly within the science curriculum and the geography curriculum. There's lots of scope for the environmental work. So I think possibly 50% of the science curriculum can be done outdoors. Yeah. Um, and similarly, it's very important with the geography curriculum as well. And more and more teachers are getting out there and doing work. You don't need to have a big garden to do some growing. Um, so I think they're beginning to get it you know there there is an enthusiasm there and really it's the the school principals are hugely supportive of that it's making kind of the time and yeah. a little bit of an investment um but mostly it's just giving the support in terms of time uh, and encouragement to teachers and children to get out there and, and do something i was out uh recently in a school in Tala where they don't have they wouldn't even have as much space as this and it's all tarmacadamed but what they have done is they've put in big pots uh, and planters and they're doing a lot of what you'd call square foot gardening um, and it's great because the kids are growing um, they're growing the broad beans sunflowers you're seeing all the different the different things you're seeing they've got an insect hotel so you can see all of the different um, parts of the ecosystem but on a very small scale and that's all you need really this is our herb patch and actually this is a gift from the Irish Register of Herbalists they have a project called the Herb Patch Project where they are giving these raised beds and all the compost and nine different herbs to go with them giving them out to any schools that oh, want wow. them so we have one here and it's doing quite well even though we've it's been very dry we've got the lavender like you were talking about earlier We've got the chamomile that you recognise. Do you recognise any more of the plants? Uh, so lavender. Um, Let's have a sniff. Not really. Often parsley. With the herbs. We have parsley. Exactly, we do. It's not looking very well at the moment. It's looking a bit dry. Have a smell of that. I'm getting parsley. Smell it. What does that remind you of? Basil. Basil. And lemon. Is it? It's kind of lemony. I think. Can I take? Can I smell? I think this is. Oh yeah. Here, I'll get another one fresh it is kind of lemony you're right and that is something else that's quite lemony what did that smell like to you some people say it reminds them of soap what do you think bats bats <laughs> no no like the bat you wash in that's a real live bat no it's like soapy yeah yeah it's lemon balm so you can make quite a nice tea with that that was sage, 
but it's a bit shriveled and dried up now. But they always smell really nice. Herbs always have lots of aromatic oils in them that give them those Can lovely smells. Oh yeah, here I'll get you a fresh one. That was so much fun. Next, we headed to the Bog of Allen, where we met Nula Maidigan, who taught us all about the hidden world of our bogs. Okay, well, do you have you ever seen the movie Ice Age? Yeah, well, 10,000 years ago, Ireland was in the grips of an ice age. Are we in the grips of an ice age today? No. No, so what had to happen the ice 10,000 years ago? Well, it melted. And what does ice turn to when it melts? Water. And that's the first stage of our bog formation. See this lake here in the middle of our wildlife gardens here? This represents what our bogs would have looked like 10,000 years ago. They were just these giant open water lakes. But what do you see in this lake today? Is it just all water? No. Do you know the plant? It's full of life, so it is. Do you know that plant with the round leaf there on it? What's that? A lily pad's very good. Can you see any open water there like you did in the lake behind us? No. Now, what would give it away that this would be a very wet area would be the type of plants that are growing in it. So if we have a look at this plant here, I mentioned it a few minutes ago. It's got a real brown sausage of a flower on it and it's named after an angry farmyard animal. What would be an angry farmyard animal, girls? A bull. This is our bulrush, so it is. And bulrushes love wet areas. And these fens were around about 7,000 years ago. Now we've to come forward again to about 4,000 years ago. And do you know what? Most of the island of Ireland was covered in trees, so it was. We have a few trees growing here. And you might say to me, well, how do I know that Ireland was covered in trees 4,000 years ago? Well, do you know what? We find these trees buried in our bogs. See that trunk of a tree there? What colour is it? It is black in colour. And you know that tree, it's 4,000 years old and it's from an oak tree that grew in Ireland 4,000 years ago. But this fen, did we say, was it wet or dry? Wet. It was wet. So when you think now, the trees are rooted in the fen and the wind and rain came, what do you think happened the trees? Did they stand tall or did they begin to shake in the ground? And eventually, what do you think happened them? They fell over. So yeah, 4,000 years ago, most of our trees that we had, and they reckon about 90% or most of Ireland was covered in trees. So when they fell over, it opened up the surface of the fen again and allowed a really special moss to grow. This moss, girls, is called sphagnum moss. Now, sphagnum isn't an Irish name or it's not an English name. So how are we ever going to remember it? Well, I know an ice cream that sounds an awful lot like a sphagnum. What is it? What's the name of the ice cream that sounds an awful lot like a sphagnum? Magnum. Magnums. So if you want to remember your bog building moss, think of that magnum ice cream. Come on up here so we have a look and see uh, what happened when this sphagnum moss began to grow. But sphagnum moss is really strong. It can carry up to 10 times its own weight in water. But the sphagnum moss, it grows upwards, so it does as well. So with its holding water holding capacity and the fact that it grows upwards, the sphagnum moss has been building our bogs for the past 4,000 years. And that's how we get what we know today here in the Midlands of Ireland of our raised bogs. So they, I suppose they get their name because the sphagnum moss has grown upwards and maybe they've become uh, raised above the surrounding landscape, so it is. So really, other than time, because we do need 10,000 years, what are the only two things we need to build a bog? What's the first thing we needed at the end of the last ice age? Uh, 
water. That was the first stage. So we go back to the lake stage. And ultimately, over the past 10,000 years, there's another thing that's filled up the lake that fell over and then began to grow. Plants, it was. It was plants that filled up the lake. Trees are plants and we find them buried in the bog. Oh, and of course, yeah, there you go. And sphagnum moss is a plant as well. So the only thing you need to build a bog is I suppose 10,000 years. You need lots of plants and you need a super lot of water as well. Now, these bogs are really special, so they are. And we're looking at one there straight in front of us. See the lovely one with the purple flower on it then? Yeah. Do you know what that plant is called? No. No. Well, it's actually a girl's name beginning with H. Could you guess a girl's name beginning with H? Anna. Heather. Heather, you're spot on. Hannah was a good suggestion as well, but you're spot on, Heather. So this Heather, it loves the bog, so it is. And do you remember earlier on, we talked about how years ago people would collect things from nature. So we talked about maybe collecting wild strawberries from along our roads, or you mentioned going to collect blackberries, and I mentioned then maybe about the cranberries growing on the bog. Years ago, you would have gone out to the bog and your mum or dad would have sent you out there because you would have collected Heather. Now you're not going to eat Heather, but you had to make a, a, a kind of a tool that you'd use in the kitchen at home with this Heather. Do you want to touch the Heather plant there for me and tell me, is it a dry plant or a wet plant? It's, it's a really dry plant, so it is. Now, again, we can go to the shops today and buy loads of items in the shop, but years ago, people didn't have that. So what do you think you might have made with this dry heather plant? So uh, you're going to collect... Not no. for eating, no. No, it's something that you'd use in the kitchen to keep it nice and tidy. Broom. A broom. broom. Very good. We were making a heather broom. So of course today we don't go down to the bog to collect the heather um, to make a broom. But uh, years ago we used to have to do that because again we didn't have the, the material. So people used an awful lot from the land years ago. So it's fantastic to see the heather uh, here in uh, the wildlife gardens today. Our last stop was in Botanic Gardens where Matthew Jeb taught us so many really cool plants and how important wild gardens are. This is a wild carrot. And you see on the flower here, lots Violet. of little tiny white flowers. Look at the middle flower. See the pink. middle the middle flower is pink. And do you know what that little pink dot is doing? What? It's pretending to be a fly. See the fly landing on that one flower over there? Yeah. These are pollinated by the flies. So what they do is they make one of their flowers look like a fly and when a fly is going past it says hey that fly is eating something nice there and so the other fly is attracted to land here because it thinks the first fly is having a feast that's a clever trick isn't it very clever and look at the one over here oh and and here is a perfectly natural garden because all of these plants here are wild irish plants and we've made two flower beds just of wild irish plants But what's cooler still, this plant, you see it's, it's quite a lot of it here. Irish fleabane is only found around Loch Derg and there's probably only five plants in the wild. Used to be very common there. And then in the 1950s, this big hydro scheme was put in and the lake, in the old days, the lake in the winter used to come right up. It would, like it came up sort of high tide in the winter and in the summer it went right down. But because they put the big hydro scheme in, um, the lake level stays about the same. 
and so this plant used to like living where it was underwater in the winter and in the summer it would flower and then it was underwater again in the winter. And it keeps fleas away. And it keeps fleas away in your bed. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so you'll see all these bees busy at work because these are wildflowers full of nectar. They need to get pollinated. Whereas the, the ones we've bred for the garden, we've, we're not worried about it. And so there's a, usually a garden has a shortage of nectar. So we have very few bees. So it's very important to let part of your garden be wild because not only is it feeding pollinators like bees and butterflies, but it's also got a host of other insects living off those plants. But we dug this, all of this grass, uh, grassland here, we dug it up in County Galway before a motorway went in between Galway and Limerick City. So before they, they, they um, ploughed it all away with the bulldozers, we asked, could we cut it all off and drive it back up to Dublin? And that's what we did because it's full of amazing wildflowers, like this one here. Have you, you know, seen that well, before? Exactly. Well, that is not a bluebell. Bluebells have finished flowering. But if you were in Scotland, that is what a person in Scotland would call that, a bluebell. Do you know what that is? It's a harebell. So it's like a bluebell. Are they related? They are not related because this is a bluebell's got six petals and this has got one, two, three, four, five. Maybe think of that. Is that amazing? But they look so similar. See that there? That's Isn't that beautiful? That's an orchid. Ooh, we had them. Uh, I picked a few of them in my garden. They're wild, aren't they? And this one's called the fragrant orchid. So this, I, they the most, were growing in my garden. Most orchids have garden. flowered in spring, and this one is still flowering now in, in July because it's a sort of summer flowering one. The one, what will happen to this grass, and if we put fertilizer on here, what would happen is all the grass would grow and all the wildflowers would disappear. So the reason this is so rich in wildflowers is the soil is not over fertilized. But of course, if you go to a farmer, they have to fertilize their fields because they want a bigger crop and they want to get lots of milk from their cows or they want so to the get cows can eat this, the flowers and the if you if you put cattle on here they would soon over fertilize this and soon we would lose all the beautiful mixture of wildflowers why is a daisy called a daisy it's a funny word isn't it I, if, if i said to you that's a, a that's kind of, not a daisy that is that's not that's a, that's a chamomile but it looks like the daisy doesn't it big daisy if i asked you to draw a little sun what would you draw you draw a little yellow circle yeah. with lines coming out of it, yeah? Yeah. So a daisy is a day's daisy. eye. A day's eye. It's the eye of the day, which is the sun. Wow. I didn't know that. Did you go? Where did the Y come from? Well, it's, it's the day's eye, and then it's become day's eye. Daisy. Daisy. Day's eye. It's just the way it's said. So... Some plant names are very peculiar like that. Dandelion. That's, do you know any French? Don, tooth. Don de lion, tooth of the lion. Don de lion, dandelion. So that's a French name for a plant. And then we've changed it in English into dandelion from don de lion. Wow. Isn't that odd? And what about a, a pansy? 
Oh, I know you know this. pansies I in your garden? Oh, yeah, we've got it's a French. Oh, I know it. It's a French word. Pensée. To think. And it's thoughtful one. It's a little thinking flower because it's got a little face on its flower. It's thinking. That's what the French say about a pansy. There's so much more to your gardens than you think. Don't be afraid to let your garden go a little wild.